Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Carol. Why, hello, Holly. Hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of our podcast, Fireside Phantoms. Well, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. It is. It is. And it's always fun to hear your stories. I'm excited. (laughs) What are you going to do today? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, So today I'm doing a rip off of the Grim Fairy Tales, my own spin. This one I picked out because it's a bizarre (laughs) Grim story I never heard before. (laughs) But it's such interesting visuals to it that I thought, um, okay, I'll do this one plus... I love hedgehogs. Oh my so, gosh, it's about a hedgehog? Yep, it's called Hans my Hedgehog. Fabulous. And it's uh, weird. Yeah, hedgehogs can be very deadly, but and, cute. Yeah. Cute and deadly. Did you ever watch The Witcher? Yeah, I um, no, I the video game. The video game. So the TV show had a character in one of the episodes that was a hedgehog boy, which I think maybe was loosely based on this. Oh, cool. So anyway, if you guys are Witcher fans in this first season, I believe, but I don't know for Let's sure. Let's play the Witcher song. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I know. That one that you sent me. Yes. That, uh, yeah, it's so a good, good. Song. So creepy. Yeah. So, okay. So, Carol, I sent you uh, what I wrote, and Carol will be playing the part of Hans. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she's the star of the show. All right, so. Uh, This story begins, as many of these fairy tales do, with a young couple living their lives in fairy tale land. There was a man named Lord Lima Beansprout and his <laughs> wife, Rosy Cheeks. Again, their names have been changed to protect their identities. That's sweet of you. I know, I thought so. They lived in a beautiful abode deep in the enchanted forest. They had everything that they could dream of. They had a nice home. They had a beautiful land. They had friendly pets and loyal servants. Everything that they could wish for. However, they had no children. This is a recurring theme. I know. (laughs) Like my last one, I know. This is a big deal back then. I know. One might think that this fact was cause to rejoice not having children. <laughs> but not only, for them. <laughs> only for you, Holly. Only for you. <laughs> but, but not for them. You see, Lord Beansprout and Mrs. Cheeks were very competitive. And they liked to show that they had everything. Uh, but when they would go to parties in the village near their home, all the other peasants were pulling out their wallets and showing pictures of their kids and talking about the adorable accomplishments of their offspring. Rude. So rude. Uh, Lord Beansprow and Mrs. Cheeks would get very annoyed and felt like they were being judged for not having such stories to share. Mm. So, 
So Lord Beansprout and Mrs. Cheeks made the agreement that they would have a child, not because they wanted one, but because oh, no. they needed to look just as good as everybody else. Because that's a really good reason that's to have one. That's a good reason, and yeah, for sure. So the two tried to conceive, but much to their frustration, they were unable to. Every morning, Mrs. Cheeks would take a pregnancy test. Lord Beansprout would wait patiently for the result. When the negative sign would appear on the test, she would frown and look at him and just shake her head no. This is your fault, she said. <laughs> his face and body would slump and he would silently turn and go outside to tend to his prized collection of charismatic hedgehogs that he kept in a shed behind his house. I love that. Charismatic <laughs> hedgehogs. Uh, Lord Beansprout did not have much patience in waiting for his wife to conceive. So every day that it did not happen, he would grow more and more despondent with anger. But to make matters worse, when the villagers would see him, they would chastise him for being childless. Hey, Beansprout, <laughs> when are you going to plant your seeds? They would oh say. <laughs> Why don't you try watering your garden, Beansprout? <laughs> Maybe you should give Rosie something to warm her cheeks with. <laughs> they would taunt him. There was nothing that Lord Beansprout hated more than public embarrassment and humiliation, and being childless made him the direct target of such ridicule. The best way that Lord Beansprout could deal with public humiliation was to bury himself into the lives of his charismatic hedgehogs. Lord Beansprout had found the hedgehogs as babies and helped the hedgehog parents raise them by keeping the whole hedgehog family well-fed and sheltered. When the cubs were older, he taught them how to smile. Mrs. Cheeks needed them little outfits to wear, like socks for their feet and berets for their heads Aww. and Harry Potter-themed scarves and glasses. Ooh, she's decent then. Yeah, she, she's, she's a good mom. She's okay. Uh, Lord Beansprout then took pictures of the hedgehogs dressed up in their new outfits, smiling and having fun. He put these photos on Instagram and his account blew <laughs> up. Seriously, have you seen the, uh, the, the, the hedgehogs dressed up? Oh, all the animal so things cute. I'm so into. So cute. Aww. I know. They're so adorable. Lord Beansprout rejoiced when his account reached over 1 million followers. But in oh, traditional dang. Lord Beansprout style, he decided that the photos would not be enough to satisfy his lust for attention. So he taught the hedgehogs how to ride on tiny bicycles to play the guitar, tap dance, and sing. Then he recorded videos of the hedgehogs performing their new stunts, and he put those on Instagram, too. <laughs> now, in, in retrospect, there is no such thing as a hedgehog that can do that, but this is fairy tale land, so. Mm -hmm. His account became even bigger, and suddenly Lord Beansprout and his troop of charismatic hedgehogs were being asked to go onto talk shows, to grace the cover of magazines, and make public appearances. He was whisked all over fairy tale land with his hedgehogs. He basked in the glow of the spotlight. Then one day, Lord Beansprout realized that he needed to go to the village for a few things. While he was there, he saw the same villagers that always gave him shit for not having kids. Hey, Beansprout, they yelled. Lord Beansprout's shoulders rose toward his ears as his back straightened up in dismay. He stood still, waiting for the digs to begin, but instead the villagers surprised him. Hey, uh, where are those charismatic hedgehogs of yours? We want to see them, they asked. Oh, he said coldly, my hedgehogs? You want to see them, huh? 
why should I share them with you? You've done nothing but humiliate me about not having kids, and now you want to see my hedgehogs? I don't think so. Really? You're mad because we made fun of you for not having kids? Oh, come on, man. Get over it, the villager said. We want to see those little hedgehogs of yours. They are so cute. <laughs> no, said Lord Beansprout. I will not let you see them. And with that, Lord Beansprout stuck up his nose in the air, turned, and walked away from the angry mob. Just as well, called one villager, that guy can't even get his wife pregnant. I bet his hedgehogs are just a big joke anyway. The villagers started to laugh. Lord Beansprout stopped cold. Excuse me, he said. My hedgehogs are no joke. In fact, they are better than any of your children, he sneered. Ooh, a challenge. <laughs> Gah, you have to say that because you don't have any children, yelled one of the villagers. <laughs> it sounds like kids on a playground. It totally it? does. <laughs> Mark my words, yelled Lord Beansprout angrily. I would rather have a hedgehog for a son than an actual human child. And with that, Lord Beansprout stomped off in a huff. You feel that way sometimes, probably. That I wish I had <laughs> a hedgehog. Would prefer to have a hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he returned to his home, he was furiously angry. He slammed open the door and he glared at his wife. Well, he said, have you conceived yet? She sadly shook her head no. He grabbed her by the arm and threw her to the floor. Why not? This is all your fault, he screamed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lord Beansprout turned and stormed out of his cottage and into his back shed. He grabbed a large bottle of whiskey and he slid down to the floor, swigging at the bottle as he went. As he sat drinking, he looked over at his family of tiny hedgehogs who watched him with big eyes. You guys are better than any kid I could ever have, he said, <laughs> hiccuping as he drank. And I don't know how to hiccup, otherwise I would try to pull that off. No. I, I would, can you do it? Yeah. Do it. There we go. I would rather have a hedgehog as a son than anything else. The hedgehogs watched as Lord Beansprout passed out on the ground. Once he was totally out, the hedgehogs waddled over to his body. They used a tiny ladder to climb up on top of Lord Beansprout's giant frame and then they gently scurried all over him. The hedgehogs had heard his wish for a hedgehog as a child, so they decided that they would help him to have one. Oh no. They ran over to his head, and very carefully, they deposited a small amount of hedgehog <laughs> oh, urine God. in his ears, eyes, nose, and mouth. Not so much to wake him up, but just enough to get their DNA into his body. <laughs> Lord Beansprout did not wake. Wait, now, did these hedgehogs already have Neuralink in their brains? <laughs> Maybe. These are smart hedgehogs. We should probably write an Elon Musk into our fairy tale we at some point. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning, he did awake with a terrible hangover and the smell of hedgehog pee slightly <laughs> permeating the air around him. He noticed that his face and ears were a little bit damp, but he just assumed that it was from the leaky window above his head. So he stood up, rubbing his aching head, and he blinked his eyes. The memories of the day before came flooding back, and he remembered how terrible he had been to Mrs. Cheeks. Oh, shit, he said. <laughs> so he went outside of the garden, and he picked a bouquet of flowers, and then he gingerly went into the cottage to beg for her forgiveness. A few weeks later, Lord Beansprout was in the shed teaching his hedgehogs a new dance move when Mrs. Cheeks came running in very excited. She was waving a pregnancy stick in the air. Lord Beansprout, she said. It's positive. My pregnancy test, it's positive. Lord Beansprout laughed and picked her up and spun her around with joy and excitement. 
the charismatic hedgehogs smiled, looked at each other, and winked. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Many, many months later, Mrs. Cheeks went into labor. It's time, she told Lord Beansprout. Lord Beansprout shot up, swept Mrs. Cheeks off of her feet and into his wagon that was waiting outside. They made their way to the village so that Mrs. Cheeks could give birth. Along the way, the villagers saw them and realized that they were about to become parents, finally. Well, 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 nicely done, Lord Beansprout, they said, paying no heed to Mrs. Cheeks, who was actually going to do the hard work of delivering the baby. Lord Beansprout beamed with joy as he had finally won the respect of the villagers. Thank you, he said sheepishly. (laughs) The labor was long and painful. Mrs. Cheeks had never had a baby before, so she did not know what was normal to feel. She just knew that each time she pushed, she was met with stabbing pain (laughs) all around her stomach like (laughs) tiny needles sticking into her. Oh, God. I think you know where this is going. Yes. (laughs) Oh, foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. As the baby was about to be delivered, the town doctor put his hands inside Mrs. Cheeks so that he could help guide the baby out. The moment his hands reached the child, he froze. What the hell, he said. He felt sharp quills or spines, as they are called on hedgehogs. He told Mrs. Cheeks to push and push. She screamed as the quills stabbed into her side. I don't know if I can do this, she screamed. (laughs) Just keep trying, said the doctor. Blood gushed out of Mrs. Cheeks. Thanks for the visual. (laughs) You're welcome. She twisted and turned each time she pushed as the quills stuck her even harder like tiny knives. She nearly passed out. The pain was so intense. Finally, after a long battle, the baby slid out of Mrs. Cheeks and into the doctor's hands. The doctor and the nurses all gasped. This got the attention of Lord Beansprout, who had been too busy attending to his wife to look at the baby. What is it? He asked. He looked down to see what the doctor had in his hands. The baby had the legs and waist of a baby boy, but the upper part of the body was that of a hedgehog complete with beady eyes, hamster hands, and sharp quills. <laughs> Lord Beansprout stumbled backwards. Oh, God, he screamed. Well, what's going on, said Mrs. Cheeks, exhausted. No, don't show her, screamed Lord Beansprout. Take it away. <laughs> and with that, the doctor rushed the baby out of the room as a confused Mrs. Cheeks watched from her bed. A few days went by as Mrs. Cheeks recovered from her very bloody delivery in the hospital. The doctor, unsure what to do with the unusual baby, tried to wrap it in a blanket and put it in a bassinet, but the baby's quills just punctured through the blanket and caused a tangled mess. I'm not sure how we should care for this, this, this thing, said the doctor. Finally, he went to Lord Beansprout to ask him what he wanted to do. I think you should kill it. Oh my God. (laughs) Lord Beansprout told the doctor. What to do with the child was just one of several problems that Lord Beansprout had. He had wanted a baby to show off to the villagers, and now he couldn't show them this freak of nature. He couldn't show it to anyone. It would make the humiliation so much worse than it was before, and on top of everything else, his wife was demanding to see the baby. Kill it, said the doctor. I can't do that. It's against my Hippocratic oath. You will have to take the child and do with it what you will. Fine, I will, said Lord Beansprout. As he started towards the nursery to retrieve his son, he heard his wife call out from her room. Lord Beansprout, come here, she asked. Lord Beansprout did as she requested. 
Will you please bring me my baby? The nurses tell me it's a boy. I would like <laughs> to meet my son, she pleaded. No, he isn't well. They aren't sure he will make it, and I don't want you to be saddened by the loss, replied Lord Beansprout quickly. I don't care. He is my son, and I demand to see him, she said sternly, glaring at Lord Beansprout. Lord Beansprout hemmed and hawed, not sure how to convince her that seeing their son was a terrible idea. But finally, he acquiesced. He went into the nursery, and he found his son sleeping on a bed of straw. Lord Beansprout put on special gloves and carefully reached down and picked up the child, keeping it at arm's length as he carried the creature to its mother. When he entered the room, Mrs. Cheeks gasped. What the hell is that? She asked, her eyes wide. This is our son, said Lord Beansprout. He carefully handed her the boy. She held him in front of her and inspected him closely. This is not a boy. This is a hedgehog, she finally replied. Then she quickly glared at Lord Beansprout. What did you do, Lima? <laughs> yeah, so I would be thinking, what the hell? Uh -huh. How did I have insemination exactly. by a hedgehog? Right. Lord Beansprout sighed and then sagged his body away from her. I, I told the hedgehogs that I w wish I had a son like them. And well, I don't know. I guess it just happened. <laughs> he finally replied. Mrs. Cheeks gasped again. You know better than to make a wish in fairy tale land where all <laughs> dreams come true. Damn it, Lord Beansprout. This is on you, she raged. She dropped the boy slash hedgehog onto her lap where he stirred in his sleep, his quills poking her. God, what are we supposed to do with this thing? She hissed, unsticking the sharp spines from her leg. My plan is to get rid of it, said Lord Beansprout quietly. No, said Mrs. Cheeks. You love your damn hedgehog so much, you're going to add this one to your collection, and you will take care of it and raise it yourself. I don't want that, said Lord Beansprout. I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, this is your fault, and now you're going to have to deal with the consequences, Mrs. Cheeks said, carefully scooping up the boy and handing him back to Lord Beansprout. We will name him Hans. Hans the Hedgehog. Lord Beansprout was not happy with his wife's direction, but he also knew that making her unhappy would be a much worse wrath. He sighed and he took the boy back to the nursery. He told the nurses that they would be taking the boy home with him the next day. The following day, Lord Beansprout loaded up his wagon with his wife and a box containing his hedgehog son. As they rode through town, the villagers approached. Hey, Beansprout, let's see the little one. Yeah, we want to see your baby Brussels sprout. That's such a cute little nickname. <laughs> I'm going to start calling little babies. Hey, little baby Please Brussels sprout. Brussels sprout. Lord Beansprout said nothing but kept the grim look on his face. He ignored them as they drove through town, which made the villagers hate him even more. What a stuck-up beanpole, they said. <laughs> Great names. <laughs> Finally, Lord Beansprout, Mrs. Cheeks, and Hans arrived back at their cottage. Lord Beansprout laid some straw down behind the stove and placed Hans upon it. Hans stayed warm by the heat of the stove. Lord Beansprout fed him insects, mushrooms, snails, frogs, and other creepy things that hedgehogs like to eat. Hans stayed warm, dry, and well-fed. Eventually, Lord Beansprout even introduced Hans to his family of charismatic hedgehogs who were overwhelmed with joy to meet him. They showed Hans many of their tricks and even taught him how to play the guitar. Hans enjoyed his hedgehog relatives but was sad because he knew his mother and father did not care for him much. Aww. Many years passed and Hans continued to grow both as a boy and as a hedgehog. He continued to live behind the stove on the bed of straw. His father would bring things to eat. His mother would mostly ignore him. 
Then one day, Hans ventured out into the yard and saw that his home was actually on a small farm. He noticed a rooster watching him. The rooster strutted over to Hans and looked him up and down. What are you looking at? said the rooster. Hans said nothing back, but just watched as the big and strong rooster cocked his head and puffed out his chest. Then he turned his tail feathers towards Hans and flew up into a tree. He noticed that his father also had pigs, goats, donkeys, parentheses, asses, is what they referred to them in the book, <laughs> yeah. asses, and many other animals around the farm. As he was taking all of this in, he noticed the family of charismatic hedgehogs practicing their musical instruments, preparing for a coming performance. This gave Hans an idea. He went to his father, who was preparing his wagon for another dreaded trip into town. Father, can I go with you to town today? His father looked at him and smirked. Absolutely not, Hans, my hedgehog. You are never to go into town with me or anyone else. Are we clear? Hans kicked the dirt in frustration. It's just that I would like something to do to pass the time. The charismatic hedgehogs taught me a lot about music. I thought maybe I could get an instrument to play. Lord Beansprout said nothing, just continued to prepare his wagon for his trip. Hans quietly thought for a minute or two and then made a new suggestion. Father, if you bring me a set of bagpipes and give me your prize rooster, I promise to leave here and never come back. You will be rid of me and you won't have to hide me in shame any longer. Lord Beansprout didn't say anything but looked at his son in pity. Just then, Mrs. Cheeks came outside. Upon seeing Hans, she said, Oh, there you are. I thought you finally scurried away from home for good. She threw the insult at him as she downed a big glass of wine. Don't forget the meat and bread in town today, she barked at Lord Beansprout. Lord Beansprout sighed heavily and climbed in onto his wagon. He knew that Hans' life was no good living with him and Mrs. Cheeks. I'll see what I can do, he said to the boy. Later that evening, Lord Beansprout returned back to the cottage and summoned Hans to him. He handed him a knapsack. Here, he said. Hans opened it up to find a brand new set of bagpipes inside. Oh, father, thank you, he exclaimed. These are the bagpipes you asked for, but what do you want with my rooster? Lord Beansprout asked Hans. I want to shod him and ride him out deep into the forest. I will take my bagpipes with me and a few pigs and asses if you would be willing to spare them. You will never have to see me again, father, I promise, Hans replied. Lord Beansprout said nothing but slowly shook his head in agreement. He then went to fetch the rooster, Larry, and brought him into the barn where he fitted him with tiny horseshoes made specifically for rooster feet. What the hell is this? demanded Larry. I don't want to hear about it, Larry. You're going with Hans into the forest where you are to do whatever he says. He is your master now. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. I kind of want to do a spinoff episode about Larry the rooster. Yeah. Larry squawked in disagreement, but Lord Beansprout just gave him a dirty look. He then brought Larry out to Hans, where he was waiting with his bagpipes, a few pigs, and a few asses. Lord Beansprout put a small saddle on Larry, complete with a bite that he forced into Larry's beak and small rope reins that he handed to Hans. Hans jumped onto Larry's back and guided the rooster to herd the pigs and donkeys out of the paddock and into the woods, where he intended to live without ever seeing his father again. As they rode away, Hans turned to wave at his father and the charismatic hedgehogs who had come to see him off. Bye, father! <laughs> 
Hans, Larry, the pigs, and asses drove deep into the woods of the Enchanted Forest far away from the villages, the family farm, and everything else that Hans would be familiar with. Once they were deep enough into the woods, Hans told them that they would stay there and live. Hans had Larry fly him up into the tree so he could sit on the branch and see his surroundings. Hans had nothing more to do each day but to watch over his flock of pigs and donkeys and practice his bagpipes. From his perch up in the tree, he could see a castle to the north off in the distance. He could see another castle to the south, also at quite a distance. He never saw much going on in either castle, but as the days passed, he would sit in the tree, play his bagpipes, and dream about what life might be like in such magnificent homes. Hans stayed in the forest for many, many years, and finally grew into adulthood hedgehoghood. <laughs> he became a master at playing the bagpipes, and his music was heard all throughout the forest. Larry the rooster and Hans eventually became friends, though it took a while for Larry to get used to the idea of being ridden like a horse by a hedgehog boy freak. <laughs> then one day, Hans started playing his bagpipes, and the beautiful haunting melody drifted deep into the forest. The king from the north, who was out in the woods that day and horribly lost, heard the music and said to his knights, Did you hear that? I've never heard such beautiful music before. We must find where it is coming from. It may be a way to find our way home. The king and his men followed the sound of the music until they came across Hans. They saw him up in the tree and they called up to him. Hello there, called the king. We heard your beautiful bagpipe music and we were hoping you could help us. Now Hans was high enough in the tree that the men really couldn't get a good close look at him. They just heard his voice descend to them from high above. Help you with what exactly? The king replied, I am the king from the north, and me and my men have lost our way home. Perhaps you can point us in the right direction. Hans thought about this for a long time before he replied. I can show you the way back to your home, your highness, but I do have a price for my services. Of course, said the king, name your price. With that, Hans jumped on Larry's back and rode the rooster down to the forest floor where he confronted a shocked king and his men. Hello, my name is Hans. You are a hedgehog, exclaimed the king. Yes, that's right. And you need my help, correct? The king managed to come out of his shock just long enough to nod yes. Well, if I show you the way home, then I want you to give me the first person you meet upon your arrival. Agreed? The king just looked at him dumbfounded, mouth agape. Agreed? What? Well, um, okay, said the king, a smirk on his face. Hans picked up on the king's disdain and told the king that the agreement would only be good if he put it in writing. It will only be good if you put it in writing. <laughs> Thank you, Hans. So with that, Hans had the king write out their agreement. However, the king had no such intention of giving Hans what he wanted. He wrote the agreement as a trick, saying that whoever the king saw when he first arrived home should never go to the hedgehog. He knew that this hedgehog would not be able to tell what he wrote as he was not educated like the king was. And he was right, for Hans signed the bogus agreement and then showed the king the way to his castle. The king thanked him and rode home. Upon his arrival, the king's daughter raced out of the castle and into his arms, happy to see her father return. Thank God, said the king, the first person I met when I returned home was my daughter. If I had actually given Hans what he wanted, he would have expected me to give her to him. 
Once he released his daughter from his grasp, he told his knights that if the hedgehog boy showed up at the gates of the castle to kill him immediately. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> These people here. I know. Very, very salty. They don't selfish. mess around. A few weeks later, Hans once again sat in his tree in the forest and played his bagpipes, beautifully as usual. Once again, the music drifted throughout the woods and into the ears of yet another king. This time, it was the king of the south, who also was lost in the enchanted forest. He heard the music and decided to follow its glorious sound to the tree that Hans was perched. Hello there, he called up to Hans. Hans looked down at him and saw it was a king. Hello, your majesty. Say, I was just listening to your beautiful music and I followed it here. You're quite a talented player, said the king. Well, thank you. What are you doing here? asked the king. I'm just tending to my flock of pigs and asses. That's lovely, said the king. I was hoping perhaps you could assist me in finding my way home. I've seemed to become lost in the forest and I need to get back to my castle. Would you be able to help me? Hans could not believe his fate. How was it possible that two kings had come to him for help in just a few weeks' time? Well, it's fairy tale land, it's, uh, There's a lot of kings for him to help out. He once again mounted Larry and brought the rooster down to the forest floor. The king looked at him in shock. My word, what are you exactly? He asked. You're asking this and not how I mounted Larry? <laughs> Good point. You are quite strange to behold, said the king. Yes, I know. I get that a lot. Yeah, I suppose you do, said the king. Anyway, if you want to know the way home, I will need something in return. What do you want, said the king. I want you to give me the first person you meet when you arrive back at your castle. The first person I meet, repeated the king. Yes, and I want it in writing. The king of the south thought about this for a long while. The first person he would meet could be anyone. A guard, a sheep herder, a peasant. Maybe it wasn't such a bad deal. <laughs> <laughs> so the king agreed, and he wrote out a contract saying as such. Hans signed the agreement and showed the king the way to the castle in the south. Once the king arrived home, he was nervous as no one was out to greet him upon his arrival until at the very last moment, the castle door opened and his only daughter ran to him and threw her arms around his neck. What have I done, thought the king. My daughter will have to live with that hedgehog out in the woods now. Hans continued to stay in the woods until he was satisfied that he had bred enough pigs and donkeys slash asses that he would make a healthy profit from their sale. He and Larry herded the animals back to the village where the villagers stood aghast at the sight of so many pigs and asses stampeding into their town, but they also stood aghast at the rooster slash hedgehog slash boy thing that herded them into town on the back of a rooster all whilst playing the bagpipes. <laughs> that was an amazing uh, paragraph. There. How, how they came up, how the how? Grimm brothers came up with that, I, I don't know. I have no idea how. Hans told the villagers that he had enough pigs and asses to help them on their farms, and he would gladly sell them off to the townspeople and give the proceeds to his father, Lord Beansprout. The townspeople were in shock. They had no idea that Lord Beansprout had had a son. They assumed that his child had died in childbirth. I know you are all shocked by my appearance, but I assure you that my swine and my donkeys are the best. I raised them deep in the forest where they ate lush grass, slept under the moonlight, and listened to my beautiful bagpipes. If you don't want them because of the way I look, I don't care. 
I will simply take them somewhere else to sell. Han's self-confidence and self-acceptance disarmed the townspeople, and they found no real reason to not purchase the animals from him. They agreed to purchase the pigs and donkeys, and they rewarded Hans with a healthy profit. Hans then returned to his father's farm and knocked on the door. His father opened the door, and upon seeing Hans, he smiled. So, Hans, what are you doing here? You're all grown up, he said. Hans smiled and told his father to hold out his hand. His father did, and Hans plunked all of the earnings from the sale of the pigs and asses into it. What is this? asked Lord Beansprout. Those are the profits from the pigs and asses that I raised and then sold off in town. You always knew I was going to sell my ass anyway. <laughs> How else was I supposed to survive, Dad? Good one. Uh, Lord Beansprout looked puzzled. You went to town? he asked. Why, yes, Father, I went to town. People saw me. I told them I was your son. I told them I didn't care that I looked like a hedgehog and that I had a very valuable pig and many asses to sell them. They didn't care about the way I looked and they paid me handsomely for my livestock. I wanted to give you the money so you can see that I do have value. Lord Beansprout was shocked and didn't know what to say. Hans gave him a little tip of his finger and bowed. Now, if you don't mind, Larry and I have other fortunes to pursue. And with that, Hans jumped up back onto Larry's back and the two flew away to the North Castle. Toodaloo! Bye-bye! Upon their arrival, the knights knew, by strict orders of the king, that if the hedgehog boy riding a rooster and carrying bagpipes showed up at the castle gates, then their orders were to shoot him, no questions asked. That is exactly what the men tried to do. However, Hans was prepared for this. He told Larry to fly him up to the highest window where he was sure the king slept. So Larry did. Once he entered the room, the king awoke from his slumber and ordered Hans away. We had a deal. We have no such deal, said the king. What I wrote was the opposite of what you had asked. I'm not giving you my daughter. Oh, so your daughter was the first person you saw when I arrived home? The king grew silent. If you don't give me your daughter, I will kill you both. The king was intimidated by Hans, for he had never seen such a weird little monster in all of his life. <laughs> Maybe Hans had magical abilities that would give him the ability to kill the king. Finally, with dread growing in his stomach, the king sent for his daughter. When she arrived in the room, he told her that she was going to live with the hedgehog out in the woods. No, father, I won't go with that thing. Are you crazy? The princess cried. You don't understand. He will kill me if you don't, said the king. Then let him kill you. What do I care, said the princess. <laughs> you don't have a choice, said the king. Guards, take my daughter to my coach. Team it up with six white horses and put her in a white wedding dress. She and the hedgehog boy will be leaving here in the most royal way I can think of. Fuck no, you monster. I will not go, screamed the princess. The guards picked her up and took her down the stairs as she kicked and screamed the whole way down. The guards put her in a white wedding dress and then tied her with rope and put her in the coach <laughs> where Hans and Larry waited for her. The coach pulled out of the castle courtyard all the while the princess seethed. Hans looked at Larry and rolled his eyes. Uh, he then told the princess he wasn't interested in being with her anyway and to show his disdain for her, he pricked her with his quills. Ouch, she screamed. Hans opened the coach door and released the princess, where she ran back to her father. Well, that didn't work out the way I hoped, said Hans. So he jumped back onto Larry's back and he headed to the South Castle. When Hans arrived at the South Castle, the king saw him approach in the courtyard. 
His heart grew heavy as he knew this would be the day he would lose his daughter. He summoned her to him as Hans and Larry entered the castle below. Honey, I wanted to tell you that I made a deal a while back that I regret now, said the king of the south. I promised your hand to a young man that helped me find my way home when I was lost in the woods. His daughter smiled. Father, if this boy saved you, then I would surely be glad to marry him. You have such a kind heart, my dear, said the king. However, this boy is unlike any other. I'm afraid I've doomed you to a life of misery. And with that, the door opened and Hans stepped inside. The princess gasped and raised her hands to her mouth. Hans the hedgehog, this is my daughter, said the king. She was the first person I saw upon my return to the castle after you showed me the way. It is a pleasure to meet you. She slowly dropped her hands from her face, grabbed the sides of her dress, and curtsied. Likewise, Hans, she stammered. You two are to be wed, said the king sadly. Of course, said the princess. I understand that you saved my father's life. I am happy to repay you with mine. Hans was touched. The princess truly was willing to become his wife, even though he was a hideous but adorable beast. Let's face it, hedgehogs are adorable. They are. (laughs) Very well. Tonight, we shall wed. That night, the two exchanged their vows and had a tremendous feast. The princess was becoming very nervous for their wedding night because she feared being stabbed with his quills. Fear not, princess. You will not be hurt tonight. I have no intention of pricking you with my quills. Insert sex joke here. Instead, How are they gonna know? No, uh, they're gonna know. They're gonna. They're not. They're gonna, gonna know. know. She'll be ruined. <laughs> okay. Instead, he told the king to have four men wait outside the bedroom door. When Hans entered into the bedchamber, he would remove his hedgehog skin and leave it beside the bed. These men were to take the discarded skin and throw it into the fire. That night, they did just this. Uh, Hans removed his hedgehog body and left it beside the bed. The men threw it into the fire. But when they checked on Hans, he lay in the bed, bleeding black and bloodied, like he himself had been in a fire. The king sent for a doctor to come and care for Hans. This is getting good. I know. The doctor treated Hans's burns. Even Larry came and sat by his bedside to keep him company. The princess also visited, not sure what was happening to her new husband. But soon after the shedding of his skin, Hans began to heal. And when his body had recovered... He was no longer a hedgehog, but a real man. Hello. A handsome man at that. The princess was completely stoked. He is so hot, (laughs) she said. And with that, she happily consummated their marriage. Wow. Yeah. That was an about turn I wasn't expecting. Hans was relieved to be in human form and to have redeemed himself to his father, married himself a princess, and became a talented bagpipist to boot. To celebrate his new life, Hans decided to throw a party at the castle. He told Larry to fly back to his father's farm and invite his father, along with the charismatic hedgehogs, to the party. All of them showed up, and the charismatic hedgehogs performed some music and tricks for the court. But the biggest trick of all was when the charismatic hedgehogs slipped some hedgehog pee into the punch. How will they know, Holly? (laughs) Oh, no. The punch that Hans and the princess drank in abundance. Awesome. The end. Oh, God. That story was so freaking weird. Hans the Hedgehog. And I don't know, like, um, the uh, charismatic hedgehog, that was all me. (laughs) I I bet. That That was really good. But the hedgehog boy 
being um, riding a rooster playing mm-hmm. bagpipes was all the Grimm oh, brothers. Wow. Isn't so that they such were a smoking weird something out there. Something in the was going on because and, and the, the whole two kings and two daughters that was all true to their story. What about the P Inception? Was that no, you? That the only reason they had a hedgehog son is because they were trying to conceive, and the mass the father um, was said I would have a hedgehog for a son just out of frustration, but I made up the whole hedgehog thing. Oh, that was great. Well, thank you. Wow, very creative. (laughs) Very creative. So good. I love these stories. It was fun to do. Because I had never heard of this story before. And it is bizarre. And if, like what you said, um, I'm glad that you made him the hero and not, you know, somebody to be super despised. I'm glad he wasn't an evil hedgehog. I wanted to show you this photo hold on that that was really funny because when i was doing my research somebody had see if i can find it here somebody had taken an actual hedgehog and put it on the back of a rooster and took a picture (laughs) here it is here look at that oh that is great isn't that hilarious we gotta use that that's really if funny. That, if at all, we can find something. His usable. little, his little beret, and his little bagpipes, and he's on a rooster. I mean, I just thought that was so funny. I love that. Like you said, the visual imagery in this—it's just so bizarre. Is crazy. So weird. I know. And there's like, you know, there's like this type of image, probably from the book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like so weird. So anyway, so great. Hans the Hedgehog, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Good night, um, everyone. Good night. And don't worry, they won't know. <laughs> They'll know. They'll know. They won't. <laughs> good night. Good night. With that, Hans jumped on the Larry's back. <laughs> I'm starting to get loopy. With that, Hans jumped the. I'm a hedgehog boy. <laughs> Once the king arrived home, he was nervous as no one was there. I'm going to say this again. I'm start- it's just about done, but I'm oh, starting to this lose is, my... This is a long one. It's a long one. It's weird. It's a weird story. I'm not sure what the moral of it is, but... <laughs> this... <laughs> I don't think this one has morals. It may not have a moral. Where the villagers stood aghast at the sight of so many asses and... Don- and and I said donkeys, but I meant to say pigs. Um, where the villagers stood aghast at the sight of so many donkeys and asses and pigs. (laughs) I did that wrong. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.